Recovery Radio, KMP3, Thousand Oaks. Ah, yes. You are listening to the Recovery Radio podcast on KMP3. I am a member of Alcoholics Anonymous, and I will be your host. You can email me at sarcasticbigbook at gmail. You can follow me on Instagram at sarcastic.a.book. Visit my website, recoveryradiokmp3.com. To get the books, go to sarcasticbigbook.com. And as always, I am so glad you're here with me. I don't know what you're doing, what you're doing. Maybe your day's just getting started. Maybe it's just winding down. Maybe it's somewhere right in the middle, but here we are. You and me. I am glad. Grateful I have no desire to drink. And I do have my regular coffee right here with me. A piping hot cup of French rose coffee from Chair Joe's mixed with some Don Francisco's hazelnut. Anyways. I'm going to read the 12 steps. Ready? Page 59. One, we admitted we were powerless over alcohol, that our lives had become unmanageable. There's a few things here that I wanted to talk about. Whenever the book says we, they're referring to the first hundred people. That's the context of that. not saying that it's wrong to be like, this is a we program and so on and so on. That's helpful. But it's also true that the reason it says we admitted we were powerless over alcohol, that our lives have become unmanageable is because they're referring to the first members of Alcoholics Anonymous. Another thing I wanted to talk about is the M dash, the long dash. We admitted we were powerless over alcohol and then there's an M dash that our lives have become unmanageable. The M dash means that the next thought is parenthetic. It's not a new separate thought. It's attached directly to the first. Also, that's the only time in the first 164 pages that the big book uses the word powerless. It's right there powerless over alcohol, that our lives have become unmanageable. And the last thing I wanted to talk about is that when we read this, or when we're sitting in a meeting, we hear this read, there is just the human, it's just human 
propensity to have some apophenia, which is just put it into whatever context relates to me or whatever context that I want to put it in, even though it's not necessarily related to the context that is intended. Meaning I can be there and I can think, well, my life's becoming manageable because here I am maybe six years sober and like work is getting out of control and my life's becoming manageable. It's just easy to like piece all that together. But really what I learned is they're talking about something very specific when they say our lives have become manageable. They're talking about the fact that we were drinking alcoholics, practicing alcoholics. And if you are a practicing alcoholic, your life at some point becomes unmanageable. The same way that a car that loses its brakes sometimes becomes undrivable. In other words, we admitted we were powerless over alcohol and that our lives have become unmanageable as a result of our drinking. Because when you drink alcoholically, you don't know when you're going to do it. You don't know when you're going to stop. You don't know where you're going to end up. And the amazing thing about Alcoholics Anonymous and an amazing thing about all this is that if you disagree with all this, it's fine. It doesn't matter. People get well regardless. I know many, many people who disagree with everything that I think about these things. And it's fine. But these are things I learned when I went to the big book in a nonlinear fashion. It's pretty fascinating. So that changes it. We admitted we were perilous over alcohol, that our lives had become unmanageable. point I'm trying to make about that last thing I was talking about was I could be sitting there 30 years sober and thinking that they're saying my life has become unmanageable and related to whatever's going on in my life but what they were referring to is not that they were referring to the fact that I had to do something about my drinking because things were getting unmanageable Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Restore, but back to its original state. The big book says we become alcoholics. And the sanity they're referring to is very specific to thoughts concerning drinking three different lines of thinking concerning drinking specifically. One, I know what's going to happen if I drink again. I don't give a shit. I'm doing it. In the 30s, they were like, that's insane. We don't know what else to call it. Two, this time it's going to be different. In the 30s, they were like, that's insane. We don't know what else to call it. Third version of insanity, no thought at all. No plan on drinking, all of a sudden I'm drinking. Not a cloud in the horizon. All of a sudden I'm drinking. 
we came to believe a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Made a decision. If I could really turn my will and life over to the care of God as we understood him, I wouldn't have to do any of the other steps because I would automatically kind of do all that. I think. But we make a decision. We back up the decision with action from here on out. Third step is described as the keystone, the stone that holds everything together. It's the hub of the wheel. All the other steps or spokes that go back to that. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. What it doesn't say here is also started to live in step three. We're going to give you a few specific tools to start using right here in step four. Tool when somebody offends us, tool when we get afraid, and a tool when we are looking at our behavior in relationships. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except to do so would injure them or others. I am not included in the others. It says we should be willing to make amends no matter what the personal consequences may be. Not about our being physically harmed or abused or injured. They talk about us not being servile or scraping. We stand on our feet. But we also have to be willing to face personal consequences, whatever they are. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, tried to carry this message to alcoholics and to practice these principles in all our affairs. I'm not a spokesperson for AA. I'm a member of AA. This is my experience. These are the beliefs that I have adopted. And I wanted to stress that, that there used to be this guy in meetings, he was sober for a very, very long time, and he used to say, before he shared, if I say something that you don't like, don't hold it against AA, you know, hold it against me. <laughs> I love that. Anyways, um, send me an email, 
sarcasticbigbook at gmail.com. Write to me on Instagram, sarcastic.a.book. And if anybody needs to hear it, I'll say everything's okay. And uh, I'm out of here. I do not know why my life was saved, but I am going to go. Try to live a life that was worth saving. And I hope you'll do the same.